Today is May 11th, and we asked you to call in, giving us some trade targets that are logical, reasonable, and within the money window. I'm super excited to hear what you guys gave us. Let's do it. Let's talk some Yanks. Hello and welcome to Talking Yanks, presented by DraftKings. Thank you very much for joining us today. Episode number six hundred. Wow, that's insane. My name's Jimmy. I got Jake sitting next to me. BBD in the corner. How's everyone doing, Jake? How are you, James? BBD. You know, six hundred episodes in, and you know we're a well-oiled machine. <laughs> We, uh, the tech monster wrestled us a little bit today. We thank you guys who are being patient in the YouTubes. Uh, and yeah, excited. I mean, kind of a, a big series of foot. Haven't got myself excited because Tampa has been such a house of horrors for the Yanks. Uh, but 600 episodes is really cool. And I'm excited to see what the people did. We gave the people a little leash today. We don't normally dive into the trade world, but. We usually, thought, uh, usually I'm actively against it. Usually it. actively against it, but we we figured it would be fun to have a little running midweek. Like, oh, okay, here's here's the four names we're going to track. Oh, they had a good week, and their team's starting to suck. Is there rumors? Could it actually happen? So excited to see what you guys brought to the table. Um, Table. Table. Can you please plug yeah, my phone in for me? Because I was wrestling my charger cord as well. Uh, this episode is brought to you by Sam Bell, Dylan Glanz, Julie Her Hair, Plasma One Eight Eight, Chris Price, Andres Martinez, and William Rhine or Rin. Mm. It's spelled like Lynn, but I my gut told me to say Rhine. But then I was like, but that's how N. Lynn is spelled, so maybe it's Rin. But Rin, William, Rhin or Rin? Didn't I don't know. They used to call you Rin Tin Tin. Rin Tin Tin, yeah, because I got dog face. It's a great Norm Macdonald joke. Um, episode six hundred. I think last episode was the first talking yanks I've ever not been on. Like I went five hundred. Uh, mm-hmm. When you had COVID, you missed the voicemail episode, and Trev filled in. Oh, oh yeah, so yeah. Missed okay. So I missed one. two. Okay. So it's only it's only it's a good um, hit rate. It's only five ninety eight for me. It's a good hit rate. Yeah. So we're not celebrating. Not 600. celebrating. Um. Yeah. We'll have to count Jake's true six hundred. This as well. is my seventh episode <laughs> that I've been conscious for. <laughs> oh man, we have a sharp stat. We have um the trade voicemails, as you said. We we didn't. We don't know the names. Uh, we're going to play them and kind of react to them and, and look it up. And hopefully we find some names that we think, yeah, that might work. Um, to track them for the next couple weeks and see. Jake, you mentioned Tampa and going to the trop. And they get, you know, just a little kind of state of the Yankees, I think. is State sweet. of do, the Yankees. For a New bit. segment? Sure. Just how we're feeling, you know. Orator voice, you think? May I can't do it. 
Dude, my throat hasn't gotten any better. My State of the Yankees. Nice. Um, we're in we're in limbo here. Okay. Because they didn't play amazing versus the Nationals, but they won, and they had a really good homestand, and they're one of the hottest teams in all of MLB in the last 20 games. Yeah. And Glaber's hitting, and Hicks is hitting, and I'm going to count Stanton is still hitting. Voight comes back. And Voight comes back, and Geo comes back, and the lineup tonight is going to look as good as we've seen it this season. Yeah. Like, at the end of this episode, we can guess the lineup. We'll see how long we get. Yeah. But it should be a fun task guessing it with Voight and Geo back yeah, in there. I like that. So when we see the lineup tonight, we're going to be as high as we've been all year. We're the hottest team. We're one of the hottest teams last 20 days, and we were full strength, but we're going to the trap. Yeah, he's a kite. We're going to the trap. And if they can, like, win this series in the trap and not look like they got trapped, I might be, like, sky high on the team. Interesting. So if they don't, I'm going to be kind of not really low. Because I don't expect them to win in the trap anymore. Right. But I'd just kind of be like status quo, like, okay, still still need to. But I, I think my irrational confidence okay. and irrational, like, love and and happiness, which CC got mad at us for the opposite right. spectrum of fandom, if they, like, take care of business in the trap with Voight and Geo back in the lineup and Stanton going crazy and the pitching doing well, you may, like, see uh, – a uh, heart bug-eyed giddy me. Ooh. On uh what is it, Thursday's episode? I mean, we always see a bug-eyed you. The whole rin tin tin dog face with bug eyes joke. And I'll keep my I'll keep my voice down so we'll save some of your throat. Because we do have a day coming up. I know, I'm real worried about we'll, it. We'll we'll keep it tame. Jim, I I think you just brought me into Jakey Spin Zone. Okay. Which is fantastic. Yeah. I uh, was talking Ops Guy Chris yesterday, yeah. and I said, spin zone on something, and he just laughed. He's like, you don't have to spin zone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Having a conversation. Um, so this Rays series, I I want to be excited. Luke Voigt's back. The team played really well in the homestand. Um, but I guess I've kind of had that fear of, you know, we are playing Tampa, and it's been a mess. Like, even our one, our white knight, Garrett Cole, like, even they have a formula against him. Like, Garrett Cole doesn't scare the race as of right now. Um, but I guess the spin would be, after this, we play Baltimore. We feel pretty good going there. And then we play four at Texas, and then it's another homestand against some good teams. But... The Rays again, right? Uh, it's... At home is going to be Chicago, the White Sox, and Toronto. So a hitting oh. series. Um, and then the Rays come... Around Memorial Day. But, yeah, I, I guess... Dude, fuck the Rays. It would be awesome to win the series, obviously. The probables are Luis Patino, TBD, and TBD. Yeah, I've got... They're ready in my head. They've got... These motherfuckers. They've got Fleming and Rich Hill penciled in for the following starts. Rich Hill's actually turned it around. Um, and you never know if they're going to do opener and all of that, and the trap gets in your head. So, I guess my concern is, you know... This first game, we're going to see something troppy happen. We're going to hit something, and it's just like, we're really back here doing this crap. Um, It would be really cool. Like, I think we could possibly win one this series and say, God, I hate the trop. Let's go to Baltimore and stay hot. I guess that's my spin. Like, you just 
Don't get win the series. Awesome sweep. Incredible. We're running super hot. You win one and you get out of there with your tail still between your legs and it's like whatever. I hate the trop. Let's keep it moving to Baltimore. Yeah, yeah. I have that. That's kind yeah. of the status quo I'm talking about. But if they win it, and oh, because yeah. of that, that's why I'm saying if they win in the trop, I will be like almost dumbly sky high on the team. Yeah, I like that. Because I don't expect them to. Let's get sky high. Facing an opener today. God damn. We'll do that in the pregame show. Yeah. Um, tune in. Yeah, tune in. Let's talk about, uh, first we're going to do Sharp Stats. Katie, Shap, Katie Sharp. Katie Sharp called in. Called in. And this is brought to you some by some new friends we have. Jake, did you just take a drink of your drink? I did. Is uh, being uh, staying hydrated good? I love being, you and I, right before we started the show, said how much we like being hydrated. It's because it feels so dumb when you go and it's like 6 p.m. and you're like, oh, I have a headache because I haven't had a, anything to drink since lunch. I'm a huge water guy. I drink water all the time. And this company, Hydrant, oh, mm. what they do is they keep you feeling at your best by maximizing your hydration. We're drinking, drinking it right now. Yeah. Hydration can be tied to improved mood, better focus, mental clarity, more energy, clearer skin, and more. Dude, it's so stupid. Sometimes um, sometimes human health is so stupid. It's so simple. Like, yeah, did you did you have enough water today? Mm. You know how many times my little sister, shots fired at my little sister? Okay. She almost died one time in Hawaii because she didn't have enough water. They thought she was ODing on like heavy drugs. Mm. Put her in the ambulance, and my they were like pulling my mom aside like, what did she take? My mom was like, nothing. She's 16 years old. Mm. We were just at the beach. And my mom had to go like whisper to my sister and be like, hey, what did you take? Turns out she just didn't take enough water. Water. Water's the big one, man. Both my sisters and my wife are like not water drinkers. And it blows my mind. Hey. Beautiful. I have a hydration tip. And one is to drink hydrant. hydrant. Yeah. Hydrant comes in. Hydrant is a refreshing drink. Mix powder made with four key electrolytes, sodium, potassium, magnesium, and zinc. It's made with real fruit juice powder and no artificial sweeteners or synthetic colors. No nonsense, all science. That's my throat hurting from not being hydrated enough. Hydrant Sleep is a new bedtime mix carefully Ooh. formulated to promote restful sleep and hydration. I do like stuff that helps me sleep because I need to sleep more. Get a little Hydrant, hydrated before bed. Yeah. Hydrant Sleep includes melatonin, magnesium, L-theanine, <laughs> G-A-B-A. I was going to say GABA. <laughs> GABA. <laughs> and chamomile. To promote restful, high-quality sleep. I don't know if I said any of those words right. It's backed by a 100% satisfaction guarantee. If you don't love it, send it back for a full refund. You really need to try it for yourself to see what I'm talking about. It tastes incredible, and it works. Try Hydrant Day and save up 20% on your first order. We're drinking it. We got a bunch of flavors here. I got, uh, what did I have? I got raspberry lemonade, which I like. Mm. You got orange. Um, so go to uh, drinkhydrant.com slash yanks. Enter promo code yanks for 20% off your first order. And you can also subscribe and save 30% off your first subscription order. And then my hydration key, which I think BBD said he heard me say once and now does. Like, you do this? Yeah, they, it's one of those things that just stuck with me forever. It's, it's the best key. I try to tell my sisters and my wife all the time. When your body tells you you're thirsty and you go and you pour yourself a glass of water, chug the whole first half of that glass. Before you even leave yeah. the spigot or whatever you poured it from, chug it. Then refill it to the top and then sip on that till it's done. 
Because a lot of people fill it to the top and then they walk away and they sip, sip, and they take like a tiny sip and then they leave it and they don't actually finish it. Just got to chug half right away. Let's go into the sharp stuff. Take a sip, fill it up, put your hydrant in there. You're good. Hey, guys, what's up? It is Katie Sharp calling again for another edition of Sharp Stats. And the first topic I want to discuss here is the Yankees' first base black hole. That's right. It is basically, yeah, it's a black hole. Um, I, you know that we, uh, we, we've seen it all this season. And with the news that Voight is probably coming back on Tuesday, which is when you guys are listening to this, hopefully, um, I just thought I'd put into perspective how terrible the Yankees' first baseman have been this year. So they are currently hitting 150 with a 250 on base percentage and a 244 slugging percentage. That's the lowest batting average of any team's first baseman, the second lowest on base percentage, the second lowest slugging percentage, and their 494 OPS. Yeah, that's the worst of any team's uh, first baseman. So this is a pretty pathetic situation, just mm. in case you want to look at the culprits. It's DJ with 56 plate appearances, Ford with 45 plate appearances, Bruce, our good old friend, with 39 plate appearances, and Andujar with four plate appearances. Um, so even with DJ in there, he's been terrible. The first baseman has been terrible. And I think we can all agree that we will be really, really happy to get Luke Voigt back in the fold at first base, assuming that he's healthy and that he can produce like he did last year when, oh, yeah, he led the league, the major leagues in home runs. Love to hear what you guys think. Thanks. See you guys. So that's not a lot of good stats there. Mm-mm. DJ Ford, Bruce, and Andrew Harv combined for the lowest batting average, second lowest on base percentage, and second lowest slugging from the first base position. Not good. Worst no. OPS. Not good. Um, but you know what? Like, we've been in this situation before. You can replace DJ Ford, Bruce, and Andrew Harv with Carter, Bird, Austin, and Choi. And who was the big old savior that came and saved the year in 2018? It was Luke Voigt. It was 2018, right? 2018, yeah. Yeah, Luke Voigt. So we've been in this situation. Yeah. We've had Voigt come be the savior. 19 in 2020, he was good at first base, minus the rusty belly button times. Yeah. So I'm excited. It's like, you know, old news. Yeah, no one can play first but Voigt. I get it. Yeah, I mean, we got to the bottom of the... DJ LeMayhew at first base uh, with my sister on the scouting report there that he's an introvert. He doesn't want to. He doesn't want to yuck it. Yuck it up. Too many people talking he, he to him. Doesn't want to do the pat on the ass. How's your day? That's why he's like second base. He doesn't even like covering second. Mm-hmm. Tells the shortstop whenever they look over and they cover their mouth with the glove. It's like you got it. We have an interview we're doing right after this episode. We should ask that question. You got it. I take it. Uh, Luke Voigt has been nothing short of great for the Yankees. He. Including the rusty belly button time you referenced Mm -hmm. With the Yankees, Luke Voigt 213 games So, a little over a full season A good chunk over a full season 279 batting average Pretty good for a power hitter Yep 372 on base Really good Really good around the league 543 slugging Good Good. That's an OPS of 915 That's an all-star level baseball player Um Last year, he led Major League Baseball in home runs on a day-to-day basis. He was kind of the most consistent guy. And 
Yeah, man, I, I, I'm just excited to see it. You know, we've we've seen some Yankees lineups the past couple days, and the, where the Yankees have been at the past couple weeks is, you know, if they go put their full lineup out there, you're like, okay, this is a good lineup. You know, there should be six guys we kind of believe in. There hasn't been. When they rest a guy, then the lineup, like, it's been five guys you want to believe in, then they rest a guy, and then it's four guys, and then one of those guys is slumping. So you look back at the game, and you're like, okay, this lineup had three hitters. Yeah. So uh, with a couple guys going now, with Glaber and Hicksy, Luke Voigt back in the lineup, man, it, it just it gets you really excited. And, you know, we haven't even wrapped our heads around the fact that, like, you know, baseball's a fickle game. At some point, guard dog or Clint is going to start hitting. And now, it, and now it looks like a real Yankees lineup. Higgy's been hitting, so he's a stud. Well, once first base is solved, and give Void a week or two. Like, let's all mm-hmm. decide. No, we're not going to jump on his case. He's mm-hmm. he's coming back. It's and home run tonight, though. Well, sure, but then he might. Right. You know, we'll see. The OBP might there, yeah. but not that. This, this, but or he might fires on all cylinders. Who knows? But in the long run, I got a lot of faith in Void. I'm giving give him some wiggle room. Wiggle. I hope the fan base does the same. And then uh, all our conversation will spin to left field, and it'll be like, "Are we the worst left hitting left mm. field in all of baseball?" Well, that's what we were wondering, and we'll see if there's any in there. But uh, yeah, kind of a funny conversation to be had. Like, if the Clint Gardy stuff drags out, it's like trading for an outfield. I have a theory. I have a theory that Clint's bat, um, someone opposite of corked it. They un. Like they, they corked it, but they they didn't fill it in with anything, so it's just hollow. It was corked. They removed it. They, they removed the cork, and he doesn't know. It's a hollow bat. Did you see that? Like, he like almost kind of squared one up, and it it just it looked like it like a a looper in a front floomp. of the second baseman. A little floomp. Like, how could you, that happen? Yeah, softballs, softballs, and a weird bat. He always calls you when Trevor Plouffe is facetiming Jake. He, Always calls you when we're doing the show on yeah. this day. It's just like, come on. And he's going to get mad at you that you don't answer. I work. Sorry about it. Uh, all right, so Voigt's coming back, and I'm happy about that. First baseman's been awful. Yeah, and, I, you know, his defense hasn't been special, uh, you know, and he had the foot stuff last year. But kind of like we've said about Mike Ford, he's a guy that's practiced first base, which is kind of shocking we have to say that on a Yankees podcast. But, you know, his pick game isn't terrible. He does the Luke Voigt underarm throw oh, on a couple of those double plays. So, so that's excited exciting. to see that again. Uh, God damn, I love that. So, yeah. And it, and last year he, <clears throat> he took, like, a decided step forward on the defensive end. He's, and, like, he's a tier above what, like, Ford is, which would be the best we've seen by a lot. And that's when he had foot stuff, too. So if he's looking a little healthier, uh, you know, DJ's going to be happier. He's playing second base. Um, you know, it's it's kind of the the bullpen effect I talk about. Like you stretch out the lineup a little bit, everyone's a little more comfortable. Yep. Let's yeah. get it going. Uh, the only thing I think Voight lacks, and I don't even know if this is true, com- if I, compared to like numbers or whatever, mm. is that the diving play to towards second. Like I going towards the line and into mm. foul territory, I can picture him making some good plays in mm. the past. But it's that ball. But I don't even Luke know. Voight backhand. Yeah, I'm not even I positive. I might be realm. talking out my butt there. I was trying to imagine like plays. Yeah, probably with it being DJ there too, who's like a good defender. I think the last couple years, I think the plans. But if it's not like 
within a step or two to your DJ right. Just let it. DJ get it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. For space stuff. Hold the phone. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know I'm not a big Redditor. Yep. I Googled Luke Voigt backhand. Yeah. No tennis results. Uh, it brought me to a Reddit thread, which, again, I don't know how to operate there. But someone said, does anyone have the Luke Voigt backhand grab from today? And in the comments, here you go, a link to Big Baby David's Twitter. Nice. Spring training 2019. <laughs> and it's not like diving. He just literally fields it backhanded. But, hey, put on the body, yes. La, la, lasagna pitching. What did you just say? Lasagna was pitching. All right, let's go into these trade rumors. Ooh, know what I do recognize from this that I'm excited for, like the Luke Voigt underarm throw. If he's going, if he's taking it to first himself, he gives the the glove up. He's an I'm he, there. He's a, he's like a dad's home. He's like an energy confidence stature. Yeah, for the Yankees, which is kind of odd. For, comes how he his journey here, but he is. He is. All right. Let's uh, go to the voicemails. Thanks, Katie Sharp. Thank you, Katie Sharp. We got we love you. two Rockies ones that we're going to lump together. So we're going to listen to two at once here. Uh, long-time listener. And haven't really... Hey, John Boynton, GA. This is Justin from New York City. Uh, long-time listener. And haven't really called in before. But first, I wanted to say I appreciate you guys putting out incredible Yankee content and all else done. It's been awesome to watch. So keep up the great work. Uh, second, I know it's early. Usually I don't like to think about trades until around Memorial Day, but I'll throw out a name that I think will be around come the deadline. Uh, John Gray of the Colorado Rockies. I feel like he would be a great fit. He's free agent next year, only making $6 million, and he's a former first-round pick, showing flashes of being a great pitcher. I just think he needs a change of scenery, just like any Colorado pitcher would. But what I like even more is the chance for Cashman to pull out some Black Magic, per se, and then Charlie Blackman in the trade, too. He'd be a perfect fit for the Yankees. Only question is if they'll take on that salary or if Colorado will eat some of it. Uh, let me know what you guys think. Thanks. And the second Rockies call we have is? Hey, John Boy, Jake, BBD. This is Mike from Chicago calling to play a little GM. Thinking here about pitchers Yankees get, but really it's about teams. Who's selling pitchers these days? And really the only team – that for sure will be selling to the Rockies. They got Marquez at seven million eight hundred, Gray at six million, Freeland at five million twenty-five thousand. All within that range, you know, all have been good at points in their career. I think those are the pitchers that I could see, but none of them really move the needle. I'd be interested in seeing if they could pull some sort of a move. Maybe if they get rid of Geo, but you will hurt, mm-hmm. or uh, see if they can really upgrade offensively as well with uh, Story. I know, I know they're not going to bust the salary cap for him, but hey, you never know. Um, They need to make a move, and I'd like to see it. Both those calls, I liked the first half, and then they completely lost me in the second half, but I think they kind of, they themselves knew they were going a little. They swung big. Swung big at the end there. They swung big. So let's stay with John Gray. Yeah, because Chuck Nasty, Trevor Story make way too much money. Not happening. Not happening. Done. Yeah. We can't. It would be right if it was to happen. I would be like, well, I'm glad I didn't think of it because how it would go yeah. down would be chaos. so chaotic and convoluted, and maybe three teams and so much eating money that like we're sticking yeah. to kind of simpler the fundamentals. Fundamentals, yeah. 
Um, and I think, you know, Yankee fans need to, like, get rid of those expectations. Yeah. We're looking at a team that has not made a trade at the deadline two seasons in a row and specifically left around $4 million, $5 million, What is it? I don't know. Let's call it five. Five million uh, available the way they did Wilson's contract and the traded auto for the deadline. Yeah. So that's what we're working with. If they expand buying that knowledge at the deadline, I won't be upset that we didn't do it here. John Gray is a very interesting, very interesting case, Jake. Yeah. Um, has had one of the better sliders in the league for a while, and that's at Coors Field. Is making $6 million this year in his walk year. Mm. So that would prorate pretty well within range. Right, right? around there, yeah. How do they get paid? Now, I'm not going to... You know how did it? How does it get um, prorated? I guess so is it's, my question. It's you know it's through the year. So if you trade for someone at the start of the season, you pay their whole salary. If you trade for someone midway through the season, you get half their salary. It's, yeah, yeah. It's I like, guess my question was: Do it? Is it by days on the roster? Which I think it is. It'd be easier to do it by like games. If we were to if we were to just straight up say, okay, he makes thirty seven grand. Once, I think for out of one sixty two, and then we take away a hundred of those. Gray fits. I think we can we can leave it at he'd, that he'd for fit all intents and perfect. Per my math, we would get him for around two point three mil. Perfect. Which don't trust that at all. Perfect. No, and you shouldn't. Um, but yeah, well, let's put him in the fits or doesn't fit category. And I think John Gray fits. Um, so you know, peeling back the layers of the onion here, we're dealing with Court's Field, so you kind of got to sift through a pile of crap to see what you've actually got. Uh, John Gray. In his career. Um, oh, he's having a good season. In kind of an interesting plot twist, uh, he's kind of been the same at home as he has been on the road, uh, which you don't see that from a lot of dudes who pitch at Coors Field. He is off to a great start this year. 4-2, uh, and two, a three one two ERA in seven starts. A little under a strikeout per inning. It's an interesting case. This is a guy who will be rumored in a lot of trades, and mm-hmm. it's kind of that that timeline a lot of teams do like to make trades. Like you're getting the year and a half, you get your boost for the playoffs, and you can pencil him in the rotation next year. His results from the season that Jake just said are good. 3-1-2 ERA in seven starts. He's gone um, six innings in five out of his seven starts, and his peripherals are just as good. He's uh, top of the league. This season right now in barrel percentage, he's upped his slider usage a ton and no one's hitting the slider. It's got a uh, 151 expected batting average and a 229 expected slugging. Um, so, yeah, he's he's definitely someone that if the Rockies are moving, he, he will be shopped because he's cheap and good. Now, the problem is there's going to be a lot of teams and another conversation I will have at a later date, I guess, is like, do the Yankees have prospect capital mm. to move? Or are they willing to part with people? Um, I guess we'll save that. We'll get a list of guys, and then in like two weeks we'll be like, all right, what? because we haven't even had minor league baseball they yet. still options for us. Yeah. And- I, I do think, you know, we will, another episode I do like diving into that a little further. I would say from what John Gray shows on paper, the Yankees could put some together pretty easily. Like we don't have to. He's had some year-to-year no, volatility that I think would help no the Yankees for... 
facilitating a trade. No, it's just a rental. So yeah. it wouldn't be crazy. We've seen rentals go for less than yeah. people expect all the time. So well, I you lo- get the extra year too. So it's a little past a rental. What year? Is there, what is there an op- option to miss? No, that? he's just a free agent in 2022. Oh, this is it? I thought it was a half year and a bonus. No, you just get him for the next gotcha. You get him okay, for then the then end yeah, of the season. Then very much in the realm. Yeah. People might point to like 2020 down here. He's already passed the 2020 innings count he did last year. So yeah. Like I don't care. I like that option. Great. Mm-hmm. Everyone put him on your mental radar when, Done. when on uh, the list, when yes network, they do like around the league. If you see John Gray p- perk up, he is an option that Cashman and his group were probably kind of looking at. I feel like, I feel like every off season there's, he's always one of the people that gets like, Oh, they should trade for that guy. So yeah. He's been, been rumored for a lot of teams. All right, let's keep going. Did they mention Marquez? Or hey, John Boy. Um, that was the second call, no? The first guy, yeah, they mentioned a lot of Rockies. Um, Marquez, that's uh, I don't. It's too much for me. He he's he's got three years left, and he makes fifteen million in twenty twenty three, eleven million in twenty twenty two. It would be a bigger package. Yeah. Um, John Gray, John Gray would be a lot more feasible as of now. Yeah. All right. Next up. Hey, John Boy and Jake. This is Drake from Clemson, South Carolina. I'm a math major, so I felt the responsibility to make a case for an intriguing southpaw, where I think is very underrated. I'm talking about Alex Wood. He's on a one-year, $3 million deal with the Giants and has been pitching well so far. Two reasons I like Alex Wood. First is postseason experience. He's pitching three of the last four World Series and has an ERA of 1.93 in the World Series. Second, he's a lefty sinker baller that has a below-average fly ball rate for his career, which bodes well for pitching at the stadium. A couple risks is that he's been somewhat injury-prone recently and has only faced the Marlins and the Rockies so far this season, but he's had success in the past, and if you don't count his injuries short in the 19 and 20 season, he has an ERA of 3.29 and his home runs per nine is 0.8. Also, I like his herky-jerky delivery, so what do you guys think? Okay, we do have another Giants call, I believe, but it's not. You don't need to play him back to back. Okay. Uh, I mean, right away, the Giants, we don't know if they're trading people. They're currently first in their division and playing really well. And, you know, with two wild card teams and that's that team being as dedicated to their city as they are. Right now, I don't expect them. They'd have to fall. They just beat the Padres. The Dodgers are on a slide. So before you even put, like, Alex Wood on your radar, you just need to put the Giants as a whole on your radar, and they'd need to really start losing games or really be sold on a package of people that can help them win now. They already have Tyro, and they already have Talkman. So the mm. Cashman's in touch. Friends. They uh, are having conversations. but um, So I, I kind of balk at it already because of that. Now, if they were tanking or doing bad or trading if things do fall apart the money on Alex Wood makes a lot of sense he's only making three million dollars and you cut that in a third or a half or whatever you're there easily we're home money wise makes sense uh the Giants like you're saying that the Giants are the story here um and they should be an interesting team in baseball. They have gone off to a great start. The Dodgers obviously went in a funk. Nobody believes in the Giants. Like, sorry to all our Giants fans tuning into Talking Yanks, but, uh, like, you just got to be honest with yourself. Everyone loves the Dodgers. Everyone loves the Padres. It's how real do they become, uh, and are they around that wild card? And like Jimmy said, you know, this is a this is a franchise that kind of 
showed they won't go full punt. They, if they can be semi-competitive, they like playing that game, which is good. And it's crazy we have to say that about franchises. But um, right now they're doing it kind of on both sides of the ball, but all of their pitching. Uh, let's say they do tank. I think he would be in the, on the table. It would be a very interesting guy to circle because... It- this would be my secondary piece. Like, I think if the Yankees picked him up, he doesn't go straight to the rotation. Or if he does, it's a couple spot starts. And the playoff That's tough, pl- Jimbo. The playoff plan is a lefty, bolt guy, or long guy. His numbers are really good. Yeah, again, that guy said it. He's pitched against the Marlins, the Marlins, the Rockies, the Rockies, the Rangers. I'm talking about his career. Career 3-3-9 ERA, Jim. This guy's had a really sneaky good baseball career. And he was on some of those good Dodgers teams. And that's why I actually like him as an option more is that he does have playoff experience starting and coming out of the bullpen. Why, so like, he yeah. gives you a little more flex where, say, if John Gray comes over and he kind of schmitz the bet a little bit, like another Gray we traded for at a deadline, then like Alex Wood has another option. Um, so I think that is really intriguing. I, th- I think the Giants would have to kind of – You'd have to get like bad kind of quick because they they're holding on and if it's they're like good. if that's if they're close to competing, I don't think he by himself gets a big enough pack. It's like worth them getting a little worse. So I don't think you're, you're not going to get a monster return for him because he's a three million dollar rental. But yeah, yeah, I mean, it's like if one, they're close to gotta, competing, I don't think they want to get. You got to remember, there's no waiver wire, so there's no deals to be made in August anymore. And more teams make the playoffs now than don't make it. So uh, more teams are looking for players than are selling players. And you don't get that August waiver wire deal anymore. So that you can't, like, wait. But um, right now I think he's kind of off the radar. Like the Giants have to put these guys on the radar. Yeah, I don't. And as I, of right now, they're not that's there. That's what I'm saying. Watch the Giants before you watch the Wood. Yeah. All right. Next up. I like the name, though. Good call. Hey guys, this is Sam. I put together a list of five guys that I think are potentially gettable and I'll have contracts of $6 million or less. At least one more year of team control. First one is Jose Barrios in Minnesota. Their season continues to go south and maybe they'd be interested in changing things up. Barrios, obviously a big name, has really good stuff and is pretty reliable. Has a really good change up that Matt Blake could get him to throw more. So mm-hmm. Luis Castillo, who's been struggling pretty badly so far this season, but we know the Yankees have sniffed around him before. Third option is Kyle Freeland in Colorado. He hasn't pitched this year due to his shoulder injury, but is on one of the only players that we're building teams in baseball. A couple of position players, Cattell Marte from Arizona, is on a really team-friendly contract. Switch hitter by center field, second base, or shortstop. Give us a different look than the rest of the team. And then Jesse Rankler for the Reds wouldn't fix any defensive problems in the outfield, but he would provide a lefty master who could platoon with Clint if need be. Thanks, guys. Have a great rest of your day. I I appreciate the call as always. Thank you. Um, I don't think I like a single one of those five names. Jake, mm. do you? Can't do Barrios. You can't the, do Barrios because if you start him in a playoff game and he sucks, it's kind of like, well, what did you expect? And the Twins love Barrios. They love him. So, like, that's that's a prospect package that, again, we start getting into deep cuts Yankee land that I think you'd have to pay. Like, they... Because he's got a year attached. It's not a straight rental. The Minnesota Twins see... Uh, Barrio says they're 26. He turns 27 May 27th. So it's his golden birthday. Hell yeah. So that's huge. Uh, 
Barrios is a two-time All-Star. He's having a solid start this year, a couple good starts. He could be a three-time 27-year-old All-Star that they've always thought is going to take the next jump. Um, and he's been good. The The playoff performances hasn't been great. It's actually um, outside of his first Yankee start. It, it's been better. Um Three games, 12 innings, a 3.75 ERA. It's not the hugest sample size. Uh, I don't know. I mean, it, the Twins are going to be an interesting team. We talked about it on Talking Baseball a little bit. If they really don't get the engine going, you know, they're not a huge market team. They've got some older guys on that team. It, it's an interesting conversation. I just don't think it's around Barrios. <clears throat> the, tw- the Twins, and they think of him like we think of Seve. They may even... Higher, lower, I don't know, but they have been so bad. I think he's still part of their like future plans. It's just they love him. They, love I, him. I don't think it's on the table. I, 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 I would have to see it to believe it. The other uh, name he said was Luis Castillo, who has been linked forever. He's got um, four point two million for this season, so it'd be cheap within range. He's got two years afterwards that are arbitration controlled. Uh, he's having a tough start to the year right now, like pr- pretty pretty brutal start to mm. the year. He's allowed um, four or more runs and four starts, and he's only had one what I would consider a good start. And I just don't expect the Reds to sell low on him because they've been holding those chips for so long that I don't expect them. He's got two more years. He could have a really good start to the next year or 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 in the offseason if he has a good August, September, mm-hmm. then in the offseason they could trade two full years of him. So I just don't expect them to move him at the deadline and sell low. I, I mean, I, maybe the Reds would. I it, would advise against it. It'd have to was, be a weird pattern of him turning it around, which, again, would mean he'd cost kind of ace prospect package, which I think Yankees and Cincy have discussed. Remember all those trade rumors you heard that they'd want Glaber Torres that pissed everyone off? Like, that's where we're at. So, no, I think he's got to be off the board now. Freeland, another Rockies starting pitcher. Like, let's see him come back and pitch. Um, you know, that guy's had some highs and lows in his MLB career. I, I don't think that gets anyone too excited. And Cattell Marte and Jesse Winker, I mean, Winker is kind of an underrated hitter around baseball that we haven't stumbled into, and I don't think it's just a fit on the Yankees. Um, like, And you'd have to pay a price tag. Uh, same with Cattell Marte. So I, I just don't – thank you for calling. I, I Yeah. A lot of tough fits. Yeah. A lot of not not good mental math. Yeah. All right, next up. Hey, John Boy and Jake. This is Buzza Wazza from Phoenix, Arizona. Buzza Wazza? I love the show. I've been listening for a while. The guy we should trade for is Caleb Smith, the left-hander who came out <laughs> of our own system. This is a guy who just kind of has been bouncing around a little bit, but we can bring him back here. We never should have traded him away. Never trade away young left-handed pitching. Just don't do it. It's a big mistake. Anyway, uh, let's go Yanks. He gets it. Love that call. That guy gets it. Caleb Smith. Man, yeah. Your guy. Made a start in, I want to say, Milwaukee, like right after they traded for Canely or Minnesota, right after they traded for Canely and uh, Frazier and all them. I think Caleb Smith started a a game around there. Then they traded him. Did they trade him for Koopaloop or did he get traded with, for Koopaloop? With Cooper for Michael King. 
Okay. About that. Yeah, and that's, uh, I, again, that was one of the more perfect calls I've seen. Caleb Smith has basically been turned into a reliever. Uh, 13 games this year, he has one start. And it kind of makes sense if if you remember some of the Caleb Smith stuff we saw with the Yankees and then in Miami. Uh, he didn't really have a third pitch. Uh, so lefty Caleb Smith out of the bullpen has been pretty solid for the past two seasons. But it's kind of not the... The impact piece we're looking for. I mean, but what I, if what if he is a secondary trade? Like, what if they're looking for? What if Litke f- goes back into a pumpkin? Wandy, they're not in love with, and Wilson stays. He's got two years. <laughs> is there any way that he he's so cheap? It'd be really odd, man. I mean, I you know, I think you're you're taking a. I'm just you know, playing devil's advocate here. Like Wandy Peralta and Lucas Litke, what those guys have shown. You know, I there's no promise Caleb Smith comes in and is the solution. Yeah, know? he's not even a high leverage guy for the D backs. Yeah, right I now. mean his his FIP isn't that good, which you know they'd have to really believe that guy. that for the next couple of years they could use him somewhere. But they kind of just got Caleb Smith and Wandy Peralta. Yeah, like they have Wandy for the next two years, right? Yeah, and he costs maybe more, but Caleb. Yeah, it kind of seems like he's the same pitch, same same player that they just got in Wandy. Two years of control, lefty with, reliever with lower upside. Yeah, with lower upside. Yeah, yeah. Song. Okay, I like the call. I like the thought process. Yeah, money works. We wanted to just money bounce works. around and look at players and and Thank do you. this. All right, here's the next one. Hello, boys. This is Jeremy from California. Following up on your request for free potential pitchers to trade for. Now, what who I'm thinking, hear me out, Kansas City Royals, Danny Duffy. Now, mm. it's on the line. He's having a really good year. Kansas City, by June, July, maybe they're not doing as well. His luxury tax salary for the year is $13 million. Half of that is 6.5. Maybe they get a little bit strategic with who they offer for him. He's walking as a free agent after the year. Something to think about. Thanks, guys. Yeah, Danny Duffy's having a really good season. And I remember Danny Duffy, the Yankees went to town uh, in 2018 or 2016 when Danny Duffy was having, like, just an awful time. I think it was 2018. I believe Romine popped him twice in the game. Uh, He just got kind of lit up. And in his postgame press conference, he just ate it. And it was like, I'm not going to go on the Phantom DL. What am I going to do? I'm going to pitch through it. So I've always liked Danny Duffy for that postgame press conference because he's had good. He was really bad that year. And uh, and uh, I liked him for that. And now I, I was really happy to see Hicks had an inside-the-park homer on him. Mm. Glaber had a homer run on him. Um, and then Gary hit a homer off Birch Smith. Hilarious. Come on. And then Gary hit another homer. Anyway, so it was, the, it was the other catcher who went to not a name we say on here. No. You got to so, know that. Um, Danny Duffy's having a really good year. The money doesn't add up perfectly. So some of these other guys we've said, even without their team eating it, John Gray fits and leaves them a little wiggle, wiggle room. Whereas Danny Duffy, if they do it, the Royals would have to eat money. And and again, this is like the Giants. The Royals are a really good team right now. They're in first place in their division, and we have no idea. They've started skidding. They have? Uh, yeah, the okay. Royals have started skidding. The White Sox have kind of flown past them. And, uh, yeah, you wonder if it's pumpkin time or what's going on with Kansas City. So, 
the Royals uh, a lot easier than the Giants could fall out of this, and we could be talking about them at the trade deadline. The money, like you're saying, is just kind of out of that threshold. The Royals would have to eat some, which means the Yankees would have to pay more in prospect capital than probably another team. Or the Yankees so, could trade someone off the 40-man. Send, send someone with a little bit of salary back. There's not a ton. Like, BBD, you brought it up, and I credit to you. Like, if Justin Wilson doesn't turn things around, you know, there's a chunk of salary that can fill in a trade buffer. But that's still not a ton. Like, look what we're doing here. Danny Duffy is making 15-5. If the Yankees do it right at the trade lo- Ted line, we're talking about six and a half mil. So Justin Wilson and his, you know, three mil or however the funky mm. contract comes it out. It would get you there, but it's it only going to be like a million coming off, and that would be Justin Wilson not being successful, and we're potentially opening up a spot in our pen. And if Justin Wilson's not good, that means we're trading him, which means that would again add more prospect capital because Justin Wilson has a piece going back when it be beneficial. Yeah. So, um, and it it's what's your value, man? Because Danny Duffy has been so good this year um, that I don't know if he continues at this pace for a rental. I, I don't know. I, that's really weird to see how a team like the Royals would value him. He's played some good lineups too. And he's, I mean, he's a guy who's been in Kansas City for 11 years. Angels, Rays, Twins. Royals are a sneaky, you know, proud organization too. I mean, do you trade Danny Duffy at the deadline for, you know, two flyer prospects? I don't Uh, know. I think you do. I just don't think it's the Yankees. I don't think it fits a a trade for the Yankees. I think it fits a trade for another team. But, I mean, they're going to get – he's a trade radar guy. I just don't know if he fits the Yankees. Like in the league, I think they'll be getting calls. He's he's like the first name we've come across that we like, but you can't do it without getting creative. It's really it's borderline. He's on deck. Like let's yeah. see the Royals fall out a little more. So check in next so month with where the Royals are firmly on there. Mm-hmm. May eleventh, he leads baseball in the RA. He is pitching better than all of his expected right now, but I mean his numbers, the expected right. numbers his, I think are also good. They're good. Yeah. His results are amazing Just right now. Incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, maybe the, someone said, like, the Blue Jays for him. Like, I could see somehow that mm. working out. Mm. There's a lot of teams that need pitchers. And, dude, the Yankees might not even need that many starting pitchers, but that's me getting irrationally happy after six good games. Yeah, and, no, I mean, he's used to wearing, like, a lot of blue. It's true. And royal That's blue. why the Blue Jays thing makes more sense. Mm. It does. I can okay. see it already. I like the call. He's a good guy that we need to talk about. We also need to talk about DraftKings a little bit. They got UFC 262 card, Nate Diaz to Michael Chandler. There will be no shortage of action. You get 100 to 1 odds. Choose a fighter. If they walk away with the belt, you will be walking away with cash. Mm. Download the top rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code JOMBOY when you sign up to turn $1 into $100 when you bet on a main card fighter to win. Place your bet and watch the fist fly this weekend. That's code JOMBOY to turn $1 into $100 on select main card fighters. For a limited time, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. You must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or PA only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Bet on a fighter. You get $100 in free bets. You place them on the Yankees over under. You enjoy the games a touch more because you got something riding on. Mm. Or, you know, place on the Yankees to win because we all just want to root for the Yankees. And you don't yeah. want to be rooting against the Yankees because that hurts the over-under. So just place on the Yankees to win. And they're going to go on to win a ton of games. So how about that? Go Yankees. Next call. Hey, how's it going, boys? 
Um, one pitcher I wanted to hear your take on is uh, JT Brubaker of the Pirates. Um, he's got one of the best ground ball to fly ball ratios right now. He's among Ian Anderson, Marcus Stroman, Dallas Coyle. Uh, the RAs are on 2-7. He costs under $600,000. Um, strikes out guys, and he doesn't walk guys either. Um, another dude would be Alex Wood, though he might be harder to get, but he's uh, making about $3 million in having a pretty good bounce back year on the Giants. So looking forward to hearing your thoughts. Did he call him Corkle? Did I hear that There wrong? was a nice accent. There was a nice was accent. It, was it Dallas Corkle? Because that's funny. I, I might steal that. I don't think it was full Corkle, but it was around it. It was a good accent through not. The RAs are on 2-7. Ian Anderson, Marcus Stroman, Dallas Corkle. Corkle. It's good. I might good. steal that. It's a good accent. Um. JT Brubaker, uh, here's your problem. I mean, this is his second season in the league, um, and he has looked pretty solid for the Pirates. The Pirates aren't going to trade away. I mean, this guy wouldn't hit free agency until ever. Like he doesn't hit years? arbitration for two more years. Yeah, so I, you know, the Pirates. He's are not even rebuild. like on their like website. Yeah, they don't even list. I think he might have signed a lifetime contract with the Pirates. Um, I mean, you'd have to give up. No. Yeah, it just, the Pirates, you know, the Pirates in their head have a three-year plan, and JT Brubaker's probably a part of it. Um, So it's just, I don't think it's a fit. You'd be he, getting him for five seasons. Yeah. With, like, three options. And the Pirates probably are excited about him and think he's good right now. So I, I don't think that's a fit. Yeah, it doesn't fully line up. He's, like, just old enough that, like, like, you... You're not like buying youth, but like so. But he's young enough. Like they're factoring him in. And he's the like, Pirates you are the yes. pack, The Pirates are factoring. He's him he's in. out for now. Done. Okay. No J T Brubaker. Uh, Numbers are cool. Good for him. Uh, let's go to this call. What's up, boys? Here are some realistic trade ideas. I'll start with the pitchers. Uh, we got German Marquez making eight point six million. Kevin Gausman making nine. Dylan Bundy, 8.3. Kyle Gibson, 9.3. Wade Miley, 7.5. I would say John Means, but, you know, he's got three years of arbitration left, and, you know, it's a huge package. Doubt the Orioles would do it. Uh, outside of pitchers, here are two I like a lot. If Clint and Hicks continue to struggle like they have, Joey Gallo. Take a huge package, sure. He's making less than a million bucks, but, God, that left-handed swing would crush in Yankee Stadium. Um, and I think he'd just be a great clubhouse guy. Last one, Freddie Galvis, uh, $1.5 million mm. salary. And, uh, you know, we need a true back, shortstop backup, uh, someone who's better than Wade, and he's had a nice year. All right, guys. Thanks. Bye. Okay. I, did, I, really, wa- I really wasn't into – not doing pitchers because you know it's. I think that's more dependent on who gets hurt. But. Yeah. Galvis, we both like Freddie Galvis. No, that kind of woke me up at yeah. the end there. I'm like, oh, they traded for Adechi. Yeah. Uh, what? Danny Etcheverria. I mixed the two names there, and we kind of were like, we wait, what? Him. And then he Fun. made a really good play. Yeah. And we were blind to how bad Andujar was, and the Yankees weren't blind to how bad Andujar was at the end of that season. There, we were a little blinded. Like, we didn't realize it was like a problem. Problem. Yeah, we knew it wasn't good. 
Yeah. But like in the moment, it in didn't the moment. feel. And we were, we were comfortable letting it ride. Part of it was Danny Etcheverry was also special defensively. Yeah. yeah. Well, we also came from league, Chase Headley, so we like his were, we were for, groomed in to this not, league to play defense. We're an expecting um, third base player. Freddie Galvis, I mean, as like a backup shortstop option um, for the postseason, like yeah, I'd, it's I'd, not insane. I'd not that's not an insane thought process. It would be similar to like a Danny Etcheverry as like yeah, he's a bench guy. It probably better than Wade off the bench. He's a, he's a nice option you if you're trying to just get ahead of injury insurance stuff. Like yeah. Even if an injury doesn't happen between now and then, I assume his salary's not crazy. Joey Gallo, let's rule out for now. I mean, that would be an absolute blockbuster. I mean, Texas Rangers think he's a cornerstone of their franchise. He's like their judge. I don't, Gallo ain't happening. Um, there's, in this but there's like been rumors with him before. Look, monitor it is is fair enough, but uh, I don't even think you can. Yeah, even if he's, he's their franchise past right years, now. he's their franchise yeah. right now. He's but everything to them. He's also, you know, when they traded for Stanton, it was like, well, we got Judge. Now we got two right fielders that mash, and then you trade for Gallo, and it's like, okay, well, now we got. Three career right fielders who who just hit bombs and strike yeah. out a lot. Like, uh it would it would go against any semblance of balance. Yeah, I mean there, there's there's a world where they throw Gallo in left field. He's a pretty good defender. He's he yeah. won the Gold Glove last year. He's got speed, but I I just don't think we can enter that realm. I think he's the same. No, never mind. I was reading like a nerd article and I forget what the numbers were that were like like I was just surprised I was taken aback by the defensive metrics. I forget what they were. No, he's he's grades out well. It's probably how people look at judge. I think you were thinking judge, yeah. There's like a he's got some some speed to him for a big boy. Six five, two fifty. I think there was a reason like he played more center field than any other position. Like three years ago, which is three years ago, but eighty-five percent in outfield jump, so that's huge. No Joey Gallo right now, who I do like on Texas Rangers, and very biased is Kyle Gibson, who's been lights out this year. Um, and uh, full disclosure, he's been really nice to us um, as a company, and he's good friends with Trevor Plouffe. Uh, he's been dialed in this year, eight starts at two two eight. The money would be tight. I think they can make it work. He's listed at a uh, 9-6 salary this year. So if you chop that in half and a little more towards the deadline, it'd be tight. Um, and he is on the book for next year for 7.6. Yeah, that's – so. and, and you're, little... lo- you're losing Kluber's 11 mil for next year unless you want him to come back. And um, that is the most interesting one we've had that has a second year attached to him. Right? Yeah. Yeah, and again, but the we, Yankees aren't losing. Not a lot of money's coming off the books for them next yeah. year. It's uh, the other part is the Texas Rangers. I know in our heads, were they were expected to be one of the worst teams this year. They're around five hundred. They might be a game above after last night. Um, that they have to, they'd have to fall out like officially. The Yankees reset the tax, right? This Last year? well, uh, yeah, to get this through year, this, year, this year, they will be so they next will year they can it. go over. Yeah, okay. Thank so that, God, that opens up some fucking game anymore. Yeah. And who knows what the CBA even looks like? But yeah, because I'm looking at the Yankees payroll for next year, and if they were trying to stay under again, like they'd have to trade big people. Yeah, to, it'd be kind of big moves because yeah. everyone, the only person that's coming off the books right now is Corey Kluber. 
Mm-hmm. Everyone else is I think on. It, I think after next and year you got, they, they, is when they lose like a good amount of payroll stuff. But and Judge is probably going to jump up from ten to sixteen million. So I'm glad they are resetting. I guess whatever. All the ARB guys will kind of fill the Kluber gap themselves. Yeah. Raises. Um. All right. The other people we have here. There's a couple voicemails. Like there's one for Zach Gallon, and like, oh my god, I'm not going to play that no. because. I don't think you understand how much you'd have to give up for him. He's got like five years left, and he's one of the best starting pitchers to ever start their career in the history of baseball. Stay away from my snakes. Um, Someone said, what about Gardy? Gardy's not coming off the books next year. He might not be playing next year, but they have to pay him at minimum $2,300,000. Yeah. Trying to remember how... Because I think his luxury tax would get backdated, so I think for next year he's effectively not part of the luxury tax plan. But I think I know over the cap. Yeah, they're not worried it. about it next year. Roll I don't it. think. Uh, and then the only call is on. Let's see this one. Hey, uh, just another thought. Uh, where are the problems at both catcher and left field? Uh, what if we put together a deal with the Cubs for Wilson Contreras? Uh, maybe send Gary the other way. Um, Contreras, of course, wants a long-term contract. We need to figure out catcher in left field. Contreras plays both. Might be worth it. Go Yanks. Go Yanks, babe. Um. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I One, like the call. You're thinking. I appreciate that. Yeah. Um. Can I jump in? Yeah. This is a Yankees podcast, Yankees fans, right? Yes, this is a good point. Can I tell you where the Yankees' production this season by catcher lands them? What stat do you want? Do you want war? I would love to hear where the Yankees' catcher production stats land this year. War? They're third in the league. Bang. There are only two teams that have a better catcher war than the Yankees. A lot of times, baseball's a regional sport, and you don't check... The what's going on around the league. Guys, catcher is a pitcher for a majority, majority of teams out there. Yeah. So Higgy and Gary combined are the third best catching duo in the league. Yeah. Not the A or in the, yeah, not the AL, not the NL, in all Baseball. 30 teams. So you can't call in and say, we're hurting at catcher. Yeah. I mean, if you want to switch to more results-based OPS, so just offensively. Offense alone. No defensive war, just offense. Eighth. Still top 10. Eight out of 30 teams. 22 teams are hurting worse than the Yankees from an offensive catcher standpoint. So, we get very blinded. When you just follow one team, and we've been saying this since we started the podcast. Guys, catchers don't hit. Catchers do not hit. The average OPS for a catcher is 688. That's a bad OPS. Catchers don't hit. So the Yankees don't have a catcher problem right now. I know it seems like it, but being very honest with you, they don't. They may trade for Contreras if they want, like, the best, best. Um, 
that's where I was going, Jim, was, uh, and I thought you were heading this way with, with the Yankee fandom stuff, was things would have to go awry. Like, this, this fella thinks things are awry with the catching situation now. Like, no, like, wheels would have to fall off from where we currently are. To have this be a conversation, so no, I don't. I don't think it's addressed now because we are also a Yankees podcast, and we will either believe in Higgy or believe in Gary until they give us full reason not to. Yeah, what like injury stuff? What is Contreras' contract and like numbers? He's got. I mean, and Gary, are dude, comparable. if 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 like. Let me check something real quick. Okay. Like here, here's an example. What did you say the league average for catcher OPS was? Six eighty eight. Yeah. Gary this year, who you know, yeah, Gary Sanchez. Look bad. Well, Gary's looked bad. Gary Higgy's carrying the the tandem right. Gary's now. looked bad. He has a six fifty six OPS. That's right around the average for catchers, and Gary's looked bad. Like you need to process. Yeah. So that. how bad Gary's looked, and Gary has looked bad. You need to process. That's normal. That's the baseline for all 30 teams. Catchers don't hit. Like, we might be 10 years from now, and there might be a two DHs and one for a catcher. Because the production is getting worse and worse and worse and worse and worse every There's year. no catchers. Um, There's a world where Grandpa Jim, Jake, and BBD are like, remember when catchers were and out like, there? This line is bad, but uh, Wilson Contreras right now has a 208 batting average, a 317 on base percentage. And a 752 OPS. If Gary had that slash line, people would be calling in he and complaining. Does. Yeah. So, um, Gary sucks this season, and so does every catcher besides JT Romuto. Bang. Uh, Grandal's got a great on base percentage. Salvi Perez is having a great year. It's phenomenal. Other than that. So, who are we Carson leaving? Carson Kelly's having a good year. Go Snakes. Who are we leaving on our list to follow up on? A couple of the Rockies pitchers, because they will be sellers. John Gray is my favorite. Um, Gibby. Gibby. Because he's got that second year. They'd have to get a little creative, and I don't know the... Texas should fall out. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, they're out. They should fall out. Should Duffy be our three hitter right now? I'm interested on him in general, just like yeah. from a talking baseball standpoint. I'm kind of want to track him. The other guy that we didn't mention was like Bundy. Yeah, I was surprised there was no angel callers. We, someone said Bundy. Oh, someone called in and said Bundy? Yeah, that guy who gave um, Gibby and Miley and Marquez, he said okay. Bundy as well. Uh, yeah, Bundy had one blow-up start the other day, which no comment. And um, Posey. Everyone gets mad when I forget about Posey. But right. for some reason, he doesn't come up on the searches. But, yeah, Buster Posey's been good as well. It's been really good. Uh, yeah, no, I think Dylan Bundy would be a guy to circle and put on this list. He's making eight mil this year. Last year, Angels, as a franchise, have had a good tradition of stinking. Um, yeah, no, I, I think him, a couple of their pitchers on their staff, if Quintana figures it out. Um, and, yeah, I mean, for me, it would be just – Full circle after I One of my first national baseball Reporter stances was Dylan Bundy's Bad um, and then he was really Good last year so yeah no, I, I I Would probably have him as my If we're just making a list of what to watch It's like Rockies Kyle Gibson Dylan Bundy Yeah the the guy who made me Want to do this uh, Urania He wasn't mentioned 
he's making 3.2 this year um, and having a good-ish season as of now for the Tigers, who are definitely going to move anyone they could possibly move. Right. Get anything valuable. Like anything. Um, and, yeah, he hasn't given up more than two runs in his last six starts. He had a bad first start of the season. He didn't make it deep versus the Twins last game, but he didn't allow a lot of damage, and he would be, you know, in that one-point-something range. Like, if they wanted to take two and they get John Gray and Urania. Yeah, he's a two, And yeah. slide someone to the bullpen or a bolt guy. Like, he's a he's a two option there. Yeah, he's a... There's risk there of him just not being good. I mean, he's a guy that the Marlins decided to just let go mm-hmm. uh, instead of paying him $3 million. So, yeah, um, he's a guy that could definitely be on the move because of how bad the Tigers are. Um, but, yeah, if he was if he was the move, that would be problematic. Boyd. Uh, Boyd, is he still having a good year? You, my, my version of Dylan Bundy. Bleed. Uh, because he's got a year of ARB left after this, so you'd be getting for him in another year. He's a lefty. Uh, and, yeah, he's having a good season still. But, again, that would that would come with a price tag. It feels like the, the time for him to finally make the move there. Cause you Did he just get hurt? For two. He only pitched um, 34 pitches in his last game. No. Tell me it rained. Exits, exit, exits with left knee tendonitis. Damn it. Monitor that. So, monitor that, I guess. I guess keep an eye on the Giants. I would imagine they kind of just go for it this year, but they have the Dodgers and Padres in their division, so they yeah. can fall out. Trade deadline sure. sneaks up on you. This I've got time. Alex Wood on deck. Okay. If if the Giants fall out. John they Gray. Out like that. John Gray, uh, Alex Wood, Gibson, Urania, and Boyd, kind of. Uh, Bundy. Bundy, those are kind of the pitchers that, and then you know for defensive players, we got some or offensive or position players. It depends on injury more than anything. Yeah, else. you almost need a hole to open up. If there's, I'll a, tell you that if, if Clint and Gardner, if yeah. neither of them start hitting, Gardner will just be the left fielder in the postseason, and they will run with the long at bats, the speed on the base paths, and the plus defense, and say. Shrug on the offense Might run into one so. Same thing they did last year It could become an interesting conversation If Guardy's really bad I mean, the If get they're both one here. bad through the deadline like, Perfect example I think that could come into play Guys how about don't Be good We gotta get out of here Yeah let's make go. it easy Alright thank you guys very much for calling in Guess the lineup today let's see DJ LeMahieu leading off, yep. Stan batting second, yes. Judge batting third. Yes. Let's throw Voight right the fuck in there. Batting, love it. Batting uh, fourth. Let's go Geo five. Okay. Throw Hicks to split it up. Yeah. That would push Glaber down to um, seven. Yeah. But yeah, no, it's, it's or you nice. can go Glaber five, Geo seven. Almost like that. One of those two. Yeah. Because they're gonna want to split Hicks up in the middle there a little bit. Higgy. And then um, you have Higgy 8th and Clint ninth, something like that. I like that. That should be a nice lineup. It just depends yeah. on... Gary and Geo, I think, is the flip. 5 and 7, don't know who's there. 
Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It'd be harder to imagine them bumping Glaber Who's to pitching? seven than oh, Gio Patino well, Okay, they're going opener to bullpen, so maybe you maybe you have Guardy over Clint because they want to have more balance when it's going to be a bunch of relievers and mix and match, and they're going to try and play the Rays game. So they may try to throw um, Hicks and Guardy in there, and if that's the case, I think they would slide Hicks up to five and Guardy eight. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know about that. I think you save Guardy for defense late, and if the Rays try to throw a righty at the end of the lineup for Higgy slash Gary Clint, then you could go guard dog. Yeah, I can see it either yeah. way. I can see it either way. The Yankees kind of play in fear of the Rays. See you guys. Come to the pregame show in a little bit. Go Yanks. Tell them, Grams. Go Yankees.